Shades Midweek, where we have conversations about theology, culture, and all things Shades. I am Brad Brown, joined in the studio by my two good friends, John Mark Durow and Jonathan Hafes. Good afternoon, fellas. How are we doing? I'm doing about the same I was five minutes ago when we when we did this already. What do you What do you mean? What, <laughs> what do you, are you mean, Jonathan? About? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, we are recording this episode. Uh, on the same day we recorded the episode you heard last week. <laughs> now, why are we doing that, John Mark? Two episodes back to back. Well, uh, I am going to be gone on vacation next week, and I definitely can't leave the task of recording the podcast with the two of you. Yeah. So we're doing it now. Vote of confidence. Way too complicated. <laughs> yeah. So in our last episode that you will have heard last week, we promised you that you would be receiving the name of our studio. But since we're recording this on the exact same day, we obviously have not chosen that name yet. Yeah, it makes that promise difficult. So you you right. got to wait one more week. Sorry about that. We're just going to keep pushing this thing back, <laughs> I feel like. Yep. You just, it's never coming! Just keep drawing them in. Drawing them in. Just That's making right. those promises. That's I, right. I'm sure this is keeping people up at night. <laughs> oh, my word. But one thing that will be happening when you hear this is the this upcoming Sunday, from your perspective anyway, the 27th. As you're hearing this. As you're hearing this. Uh, we're going to have Sack Lunch Sunday. Brad, you want to tell everybody about that? Woo! That's right, Sack Lunch Sunday. So basically, Sack Lunch Sunday, for those of you that do not know, is uh, a Sunday where you can bring your lunch to the church, to the service, or you can go grab takeout after the service, and walk over to Patriot Park. So bring your chairs, bring your blankets, and we will gather outside six feet apart and have a ton of fun. It's going to be great. It's uh, it's a way for us to gather during this season. <laughs> what you're hearing is Jonathan playing with a toy during it's my a announcement. Darth Vader toy <laughs> during during my very serious sack this, lunch this is sunday amazing. announcement this is amazing no john mark has these uh funko pops funko pops yeah yeah, yeah and little bobbleheads and i got the darth vader one and it, yeah. he, he showed me it makes noise jonathan i, I wish you wouldn't have done it in the middle of my announcement though. <laughs> was it the middle oh, i the thought you were at the end i wasn't paying attention right and right in the middle very serious stuff going on right here. so uh what are we doing today guys well, now that we're done with housekeeping's out of the way. That's right. Housekeeping items. What are we doing? Well, I'm very excited about this episode because we are doing a meet a member episode. And in the studio with us, we have John Mark Duro. That's right. That's wow. Right. <laughs> I had no idea. Meet a staff member. I had no idea you were going to interview me. Today. Yes. Surprise, surprise. Man, I'm so not prepared. You are in the hot seat. We've been talking about the fact that we were going to do this at some point. These meet a member episodes, we were yeah. going to do one for, for each of us. And, for the three of us. Yes. You're the first in the hot seat. Yes. Right. John Mark Duro, who is the man behind the microphone? <laughs> That's what all of us want to know, really. Yes. So, uh, JM, are you ready? Let's do this thing. Yeah, meet a pastor. Here we go. So why don't we start with you just telling us a little bit about uh, how you grew up? Yeah. Um, what would you like to know? 
Where'd you? Where did you grow up? Let's start with that. Let's start with the location. I am from, born and raised in Alabama, uh, Harpersville, to be exact, which is south of Birmingham. It's down Highway 280. Uh, the way that I explain it to most people, if they don't know where it's at, is you just get on 280 and you just drive for a long time. And then eventually you'll get past Chelsea and then you'll get to an area that's actually called Westover, but my address is Harpersville. Westover is like a small town that didn't become incorporated until like the year 2000. Wow. And and my cousin used to be the mayor of, the, of, of course of Westover. So of you Westover. come from a powerful family. <laughs> <laughs> right. Deep, Politics. Deep yep. in it. Deep in it. No, I, I got yeah. a ticket. I got a ticket in Harpersville. Yeah. So and that's, a, that's another thing that I tell people is that if you go that far, you've actually passed where I live. And so that's the speed trap area of Harpersville is a little too far down 280. So, so don't go that far. So did you grow up in a, it was a kind of a rural area? Very rural. Um, uh, grew up, my parents owned uh, land. There's like 100 acres of land that we live on. Wow. Or that we lived on, that I lived on. They still live there. And it was my grandparents' land that was passed down to them. So... Uh, that was my upbringing. Um, so not like a tight neighborhood, not in a city necessarily, but just way out there. So yeah, I grew up there. Um, we went to church, um, every Sunday and sometimes twice on Sunday and then on (laughs) Wednesdays, (laughs) which I'm sure you guys have similar, uh, stories there, but yeah, we do. But ours are the Baptist version. (laughs) Was yours the Baptist version, John Mark? Yes. Mine was not the Baptist version. I went to a church in that area, and it was a small church. It was probably, you know, 100 or so people, 100 or so members. And it was a very charismatic, uh, Pentecostal-type church. Uh, it was non-denominational. It was not Assemblies of God or, or anything like a Church of God or anything like that. Uh, but it was very much, uh, you know, charismatic, um, you know, extended periods of worship every Sunday morning, uh, followed by a message, followed by some more worship. And so that was, that was what I grew up in. I, I went to that church until I was 16 years old. Wow. Based, now, based upon everything that you have said thus far, rural Alabama, <laughs> Pentecostal. We did not handle snakes. I'm just saying, just, I want to get that out of the way. That was the I next feel like question. that's a common misconception conception about some of the i mean it does happen at some churches <laughs> i'm not saying that it doesn't happen but that was not the type of charismatic pentecostal church i'm just saying based on what you've described so far i totally see where like you know getting into emo and and screamo music and hard right. rock like it just it all fits it clicks really right you have me. to go the opposite just go with the opposite i'm i'm over here just asking questions how are you not like a uh, hunting fishing camo wearing redneck because yeah. that's that's also where i grew up uh not I, I grew up in rural georgia right and it like what you described is yeah. very similar to mine oh yeah like playing in the woods yeah yeah i mean i did all that i i never went hunting though believe it or not uh, really yeah just not for me did anyone in your family yeah for sure oh wow uh, absolutely yeah you're kind of just jacob kind of vibe going on <laughs> that's right prodigal son over here <laughs> right. goes off to the city all <laughs> oh, that extravagant Hardcore living. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but obviously, like, growing up in church, um, 
was definitely like a part of the just my upbringing and the culture that I grew up in. Uh, my parents were big believers. My mom actually led worship a lot at the church that I grew up in. Ah. She wasn't the main worship leader, but she was there every Sunday. So she would have to rehearse in the morning. So we would get to church early, uh, usually around eight or eight thirty, and I would sit on the front row and watch rehearsal, watch the band play. And that's, that's really, I mean, I was into music at a young age. I mean, we're talking, you know, I was, before I had drums, I was getting out pots and pans and playing with spoons and pots and pans in the kitchen when I was three and was, four years old. I was going to ask where your musical journey began. Yeah, we're connecting the dots now. Yeah. What, what's your mom play? She plays piano, piano. And she's not classically trained. She plays by ear, which I'm not classically trained either. I play by ear as well, which means that we can't read sheet music. But if you put some chords in front of us or if we can hear something, we can generally play it back. And so... Um, so you're saying like you could hear a Coldplay song nah, on the radio nah, nah. and just sit down and play it. I couldn't exactly play it. I could give you the chord structure. Like I could tell you I could tell you in a sense what they're doing. I couldn't exactly just play it. Brad by our verbatim. definition. By our definition he could play it. <laughs> I couldn't play it verbatim. Now definitely drums is a much different thing. Like you can hear drum drum yeah. beats and play those so back. So was I drums is that the the instrument that you started on? Drums is the instrument that I started on. I loved watching the drummer in church. Uh, I actually had a. I remember having a toy guitar, and I remember being a young, very young, probably five or six, and going to rehearsal uh, for church and bringing the toy guitar and standing by the bass player and basically <laughs> acting like I was in the band playing. That's I just awesome. loved music so much, and yeah. my dad was an usher at the church that we grew up in so he was always kind of running around and doing you know volunteer type stuff on Sunday mornings and just kind of keeping me in line and making sure I wasn't doing anything crazy <laughs> <laughs> so that was that's that was kind of church environment um, and I also had opportunities because we went to a small church I had opportunities to play music in church in front of people at a really early age too so when I was probably, six or seven, I remember getting on the drums on a Sunday night. And I don't know I don't know if my parents just asked if we could do it. I don't remember what the context was, but there was this Carmen song. You guys remember uh, Carmen, the Christian artist? Do I remember yes. Carmen? <laughs> I might have sung a Carmen song, lip sync and dance oh, man. in a like uh, a human video first grade <laughs> talent show. I have yeah. no problem picturing that whatsoever. <laughs> That's I did awesome. It. I had you, a Fisher, you know what song I had a Fisher it was? Price mic. I think it was uh, the Cat Vibe. Oh, there was yeah. there was a CD. It was him and a cat. Yeah, it was, that was his kids' album. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I used to listen to that one all the time. It's the Cat Vibe. Yeah, oh. yeah I used to listen to that one a lot. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what song I played, but it was a Carmen song, and I just played along to the track in front of the church. Yeah. And so that so really at an early age, I was just playing a lot. Um, and then when I was old enough to get into youth group, that's when I really, I would say I, I had like a conversion experience and got saved. I mean, I even mm. as a young kid, like, like just being around church, like I believed everything. Yeah, yeah. And I engaged in worship at a young age. Um, I loved worshiping. I loved the music, the musical side of everything. And uh, but it it wasn't really until uh probably 12 
was when I really had an experience and really uh, committed my life to Christ, as you would say. And yeah. so that that was my journey. And of mm-hmm. course, you know, being a teenager, there's a lot of questions that you then ask after you have that experience and you start reading the Bible more and you're, you're kind of asking more questions. I was able to have a lot of good people in my life that were able to answer questions for me and kind of guide me in the right directions. And um, so basically, at, when I, I guess when I turned 16, maybe let's back up a little bit before that, I, I actually started my first band when oh. I was... Uh, it was before I could drive because my parents had to drive me to my friend's house to practice. <laughs> but there were a couple of other guys in the youth group at the church that also played music. There was a guitar player, a singer, a bass player. So we just decided, let's just start our own band. Let's try to write some Christian music together and let's cover some Christian songs. We would cover, yeah. we would cover some praise and worship stuff. We would cover like Third Day, Mercy Me, like yeah. stuff like that. Oh, yeah. DC Talk. Yeah. Things like that. Um, and so that, all that really just, I don't know, created a love for music in a different way, being able to share that with other people and getting to play with people that were my age and work through songs. And we started playing shows. We would do, you know, we would play at our church obviously, but we would do fall festivals and travel to other churches and, and do that whole thing. So I really enjoyed getting to do all that at such a young age it's really really good experience too just as a musician in general just going through that of like having really horrible gigs you know (laughs) yeah it's a rite of passage yeah you have to go through that and so so that was really awesome yeah what were you gonna say i was just gonna say (laughs) didn't we all did we do that on this podcast? Tell all of yeah, our worst gig we stories? We told some band stories one yeah, time. You can go back and find those. Yeah, somewhere. find that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. Um, when So when I was 16, we started going to a new church here in Birmingham, which is actually the church that I ended up. So that would have been 2004. And I went to this church and actually ended up on staff there for a little bit. So I was there from 2004 through 2012. Okay. And what was your position there? How were you involved? So when I first started going there, I volunteered to play drums in the youth band that was there. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got involved from a volunteer standpoint. So I was hanging out with the youth uh, worship leader, doing doing Sunday night uh, youth services, and eventually got to know the, the uh, senior worship pastor at the church we started playing together and then he said, why don't you come and play drums, you know, on like a Wednesday night or something like that. Cause a Wednesday night service was a little more like lower pressure because this church was kind of like a, uh, up and coming, like fast growing church in Birmingham at the time. And when I started going there, it was still like really big and very big compared to what, where I was before, you know, mm-hmm. multiple Sunday services and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started playing there on a Wednesday night and eventually just kept getting asked back again to play and get involved there and started playing on Sunday mornings. And that ended up being what I did there for a really long time, playing pretty much playing all of the, the main services that they had at the same time. So when I first started doing that, the same time, the I went to a private uh, Christian school 
that was the high school that I went to. Private school kid. (laughs) I went. I knew it. (laughs) I went to Kingwood Christian School, which is in Alabaster. It's actually not a school anymore, but it was based out of their church, Kingwood Assembly of God. So once again, another charismatic kind of movement there. And yeah, um, but but that their charismatic flow was different than my upbringing. And um, but we had a chapel band, so I would. I would lead worship actually for the for chapel. Well, I was going to ask when did you start leading worship? Yeah, playing drums in a worship band and <laughs> leading worship are two very different things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, when I was in tenth grade, I decided that you know I loved playing drums, but I really wanted to learn how to play piano. So one summer, I said, "Wait, wait, wait, wait." When you were how old? In tenth grade. I'm so jealous right now. <laughs> Most people that are like good at piano, it was like, it was like most people that are good grade. at piano, they're like, yeah, I started when I was four, practicing yeah. hours a day. John Mark's like, you know, tenth grade, I just picked up <laughs> piano as one does, <laughs> like Mozart, Sally, well, kind of situation. Yeah, well, there's so many things that come together because living out way out in Harpersville and not having a ton of neighbors, all my friends at school lived in different places. We went to a private school. It's not like we were zoned for that area. So people lived, you know, 30, 40 minutes away from where I right, lived. Right, so right. I wasn't just hanging out with friends all the time. So I had to fill up my time in some way. And the way that I filled up my time was just learning instruments. It's basically mm. what, and, and listening to songs and then trying to pick out what I was hearing. Kids, yeah. this is what you used to do before an iPhone. You <laughs> That's true. To play yeah. No iPhone, no YouTube. Wow. So, um, I was so, just, I was just thinking how different that would have been. Like, yeah, even though there you were all lived, tabs, like even there though, were tabs, but. no, I'm just saying like, even though you and your friends all live so far apart, like, would you have, learned that if you'd had access yeah. to texting all the time and right. all that right yeah yeah way more distractions for sure anyway um Woo. so i learned how to play piano just taught myself some piano my mom had a had a book of chords so i just went through and started just learning chords what are chord structures i don't know i don't know what a major scale is but i just it somehow it all clicked for me so i was playing piano then i was like man i really want to learn how to play guitar so my parents bought me a bass because I felt like bass guitar was like the best place to start. This four strings, a four string bass compared to six strings on a, a you know standard guitar. So I learned how to play bass, and I would sit there and I would listen to Lifehouse, and I would learn oh, Lifehouse yeah. songs. I was a big Lifehouse fan back then. Mm. Uh, I would, I, I really liked. There was a Red Hot Chili Peppers album. And which oh, Flea is a great yeah. bass player, so I would learn how to play bass with Red Hot Chili Peppers. Just whatever I had around, whatever CDs I had, I would l- try to pick out the notes. And that's when I started getting involved with chapel beyond drums was, oh, I'm going to play bass in the chapel band at school. Or, hey, this week I'm going to play piano. So we didn't have a piano player this week. And eventually mm. that led me, once I learned how to play some chords on the acoustic guitar, I wanted to sing and play. So that just... It just kind of led me to that, and I started leading uh, chapel probably 11th grade, 11th or 12th grade, Mm. and got some really good experience leading kids that were my age, which is really uh, can be like frustrating (laughs) because everyone's just (laughs) chapel is mandatory, so you have to be there, and they're just kind of looking at you like, why are we here right now? It's just an an hour to kill on a Friday. Usually in the morning. Usually in the morning. Before anyone's had lunch. No one's awake. They're just like, <laughs> ah, who are these kids playing music? So would you say there's like a moment in your life where you felt a call to 
uh, ministry, a call to worship leadership, or was it something that just kind of happened over time? Something you came to see that you wanted to do? How would you describe that? I mean, believe it or not, I even through that experience of leading fellow students in worship, that's when I realized like I could actually see myself doing this for a living, even though I had no concept of what that would look like, you know, down the road as I got older, but just realizing that I had a passion for leading worship and that that ministry and music could um, be something that I eventually put together and that could be something that I that I do vocationally at some point. But once again, had no idea how all that was going to happen. Didn't really have a plan, you know, just, mm. just like a high schooler. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, so yeah, so all that was happening and then I was in getting involved in church more. And this is, I feel like this is taking a really long time, but eventually I, uh, I graduated high school and there was, uh, a program at the church that I was going to where they basically, they had some internship programs already. They weren't like accredited things, but it was just like ministry internship programs that you could do. And they were starting one specifically for worship, the worship department there. So like me and seven other people signed up for this thing and it was like a year long commitment. It was basically just like a, a glorified internship essentially, Mm -hmm. but, uh, the staff there, they all taught classes. So we took, you know, classes on like theology of Psalms or songwriting Uh classes, worship practicums, um, you know, like church history classes, Mm -hmm. Christian ethics, like those types of things. Um, but it was very much just like an internship, like being around the staff, seeing how uh, the church functioned kind of on the inside of things. Um, and I, I just really loved being a part of that. I loved the opportunity that I got. I, I enjoyed the the worship pastors that I was around and just got to glean off them. And so um, that was a really formative time in my life and, and definitely played more into like, wow, I could really see myself doing this at some point because at the same time I was, I was doing like some outside gigging per se, um, kind of my, the course of the bands that I was in that had run out, you know, I was in hardcore bands and metal bands and things like this. And so when that stopped, um, I started playing with some worship artists and just playing, um, you know, at churches or traveling to some other States and doing some stuff. So yeah, so I know you're not going to go into detail about this, so I'm going to say this. <laughs> the first time that I saw John Mark, I did not know John Mark. It was uh, back in, what, 2000? You can correct me on this. I think it would have been 2010, 2011. I oh, was yeah, at I so. the Passion Conference, and David Crowder played a little song called Like a Lion. Mm. And then it got on the Passion album and it blew up. Yeah. And so the praise band that I was in was going to play that song. Yeah. And so I went to YouTube. I guess it was YouTube. I don't know what I went to. It was YouTube. YouTube. And I was like, I'm going to look and see if there's a drum cover of the song. And there wasn't a drum cover, but I couldn't find a video of David Crowder playing it. All I could find was a video of this guy named Daniel Bashta playing it. And... Uh, I was looking at the drummer the whole time, like trying to learn the part. And all I remember was thinking, man, this is way different than the way David Crowder's drummer plays it. And so it really stood out to me. And little did I know that in that video, that was John Mark DeRoe. Wow. Kind of crazy. 
That is pretty wild. True story right there. For those who don't know, Daniel Bashta is the one who wrote that song. Right. He wrote Like yeah. a Lion, which later really became known as God's Not Dead. Uh, and oh. The Newsboys covered it, and there was also, there's did, a there's like a did film. Did they change the title? There's like a film franchise. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it, it says, uh, like the, the course opens with My God's Not Dead. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So they, they took that and kind of ran with that as a theme rather than the Like a Lion part. I see, I see, yeah. I see. Right. Yeah. But yeah, so Crowder wrote it and John Mark, the man, right? A couple here. of other fun facts about like that. Yeah, go ahead. The video that you saw uh-huh. on YouTube of us playing it at Workplay Theater. Was it Workplay? I think it was, I'd... well, it was either Workplay or a, it could have been, been. Been. been a summer camp. I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was one of the two. Workplay sounds better. <laughs> Workplay sounds a lot better. <laughs> What's funny about that video is that Daniel, in the moment, accidentally flipped the verses. On accident. What happened was with the Crowder thing was apparently Crowder was looking for a song to cover for the Passion album that was upcoming. Uh And because I guess they do that from time to time. They're like, hey, you know, we we need a song that somebody else has written. Let's just, you know, this is this is really good. So somehow he got wind of this song called Like a Lion. So they they literally watched that video that you watched. Uh-huh. That's how they learned the song. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. there was no the crazy thing is there was no correspondence between David Crowder and Daniel Bashta at the time. Uh, they recorded it. Uh-huh. Then on Twitter, because uh, Twitter was really starting to gain some steam then, <laughs> Daniel Daniel and his wife started seeing things like like my God's not dead. He's surely alive, living on the inside, roaring like a lion. Passion 2000, whatever it was, 2011, 2010, wow. I can't remember. So they're like, what? <laughs> the lyrics to this, what? what's going on? What are people tweeting? And then they're like, then they find out that Crowder had covered the song. And so that's when they started talking, you know, kind of doing more of the the legal uh-huh. stuff and, and getting all that worked out. But yeah, so what's funny is that Crowder act, actually did the verses in reverse because they didn't oh, know any he other just way. Saw the he just video. saw the video. And B-Wack, the drummer, literally just saw me play it, I guess, <laughs> and just tried to emulate <laughs> tried to emulate what I was doing. Yeah. So Which, of so course, funny. he could not do. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's like a fun fact yeah, behind yeah. that story, wow. um, or behind that song. Yeah. Well, if we fast forward a little bit, we can get to the first time that I didn't see but heard John Mark. Um, and so, yeah. so you worked, so to get there, right? you went through this internship. I went through this internship, eventually got hired, uh, as part-time staff at this church because at the time I was still playing with Daniel. There were some other worship artists that I would uh, travel with from time to time, different things like that. So I couldn't commit full-time and they really didn't have like a full-time position for me either. So it just worked out. I was like, okay, I can do lessons and some other things, fill in my, fill in the gaps here and there, but still work at the church. Go on. And so you did that for several years. Yeah. And then at, uh, at some point, um, I, I ended up here at Shades February of 2012, and by the next year, after I'd been here for about a year, um, our part-time worship leader stepped down, and we were in need of a worship leader. But we kind of didn't do anything, really, for a little bit. We had several people here, uh, AJ, uh, Joseph, who would step in and lead worship, and so we kind of just chilled for a moment. But people here knew that we needed uh, a worship uh, leader. And so one day, I just get an email. And it's like, 
hey. 2013. Yeah, it's like, hey, my name's John Mark DeRoe, and I don't even remember who the mutual connection was. Um, we knew Ashley Wingo, who, yes. who went here for a little bit, and um, one of her friends named Carly. Yes, Carly. So, yeah. so Carly, We knew both of them. Yeah, and so they had brought it up with John Mark that we were potentially looking for a worship pastor. And so this was before we ever, like, like we didn't advertise or anything. He just emailed me. And so do you want to pick it up from your side of the story? Well, so they tell me about this. They actually tell my wife, Ashley, about the church and we just really resonated with what with what we heard because we were looking for a smaller church a smaller community to be a part of and then also one that that wasn't um so especially from a worship perspective like focused on production aspects and smooth transitions and so when they described the church we were like wow that really sounds like a church that we want to check out we can never be accused of a smooth transition (laughs) that is for sure <laughs> not, not even on this podcast, but just but just kind of a church that had a more organic feel to it, and the way they described it, we were like, "Oh wow, that that sounds good." So I go on the website, and you know, they tell me they're looking for a worship leader, but of course, like I don't know, I don't know Jonathan, I don't know you, and I just email you out of the blue, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm a I'm a worship leader here in Birmingham." Um, you know, uh, kind of in between churches right now because I think we had checked it. We had checked out a few a few other churches, you know, during this period of leaving our other church before we found Shades. And I just said I'd love to hang out and just get to meet you and talk with you about the position and all this stuff. Yeah, and so I, I was like, I mean, why not? You know, I'll I'll meet this guy. So <laughs> I, I emailed him back. We set up a time to meet, and the night before we were going to meet, I did what everyone does now, right? I stalked him on social media. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I you know, know what's up with this dude. So I look him up on Facebook, and his profile picture is an album cover, and it's an yeah. album cover for a band called The Sleep Design. Now, I knew who the sleep design was because I, I think I'd gotten the music via Noise Trade or, or a share site like that. Mm-hmm. And it's a alternative instrumental band. And I'm just sitting You here, probably got it from Come and Live, right? Or, or Come which, and Live. Come yeah. and Live, which there's a connection There's a connection there. to Shades. Yeah. Yes. With yeah. Chad Johnson. But. Look at God. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> But the reason I had found this music, I'd found it while I was in seminary because when I study, I can't listen to music with lyrics. So I'm always in the market for instrumental music. And so Mm. I found it. So I had been listening to the sleep design for years, (laughs) for like two or three years, you know, Uh. like to the point that I know all of their songs. And I'm like, man, this guy must really like the sleep design. Big he's fan. Got, he's got the... Big fan. <laughs> and so I start clicking through his pictures, and all of a sudden it begins to dawn on me, oh, he's the drummer for the sleep design. <laughs> he is the sleep design. <laughs> so I'd been listening. Brad Brad saw John Mark years in advance. I'd been listening to him years in advance. And so, but yeah, we got, uh, we got breakfast, didn't we? We got breakfast really early. I remember it being really <laughs> early. <laughs> At the Homewood Diner. Yeah, man. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I really, I had fun at breakfast. It was really exciting for me. I was definitely kind of nervous because I just didn't know what to expect. I'm sure you had no idea what to expect. We were just kind of filling each other out. And I just remember you being like, you know, um, well, first thing is just just come check out a Sunday morning service and just, you know, see what you feel like. And I think Holly was pregnant and like about to have probably i mean there's like a 50 percent <laughs> chance 
<laughs> given 2013. Any time. <laughs> I don't know if you could do the math, but <laughs> yeah. So I came. Uh, I so I came on a Sunday. I remember Joseph led, which I I didn't know Joseph super well, but I had actually met him before because I knew Bo Armstead before as well. Oh wow. Uh, because my band, The Sleep Design, played at a shop that he used to have in downtown Birmingham oh, called Nomad, Nomad Supply. Yeah. And so, and I remember, I think Joseph Wolnski was at that show too. And um, so we knew Bo. So there was just some weird connections. It's kind of crazy how that all came about. But yeah, I, I remember visiting the church several times, really enjoying it. Um, the McClungs were like some of the first people that I met, they were so oh, sweet. Yeah. Just going out to lunch afterwards. I think the first time Ashley and I visited, we went to Jason's Deli with a ton of people after the mm. service. Yeah, one of my favorite memories from that time is, I don't think it was the first time you came, maybe the second or the third, Yeah, but Ashley came up and sang with you. And y'all were right. practicing, and I was sitting in the sound booth, and I texted Jonathan something like, <laughs> I think the wife may seal the deal. <laughs> Yeah, we use Ashley. For those of you that don't know, Ashley has an amazing voice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we'd yes. had John Mark come and lead for us yes. one time, but she wasn't able to be here that time. And uh, and so, yeah, that was the second we asked him to come lead one more time. Uh, and and Ashley came. And, yeah, I totally remember getting that, that text. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, okay. yeah, so we we made that decision fall of 2013. And you what month were you hired? It was August. August. Yeah. It was like midway through August, I yeah. think. Mm. August yeah. 2013 came on and you were part-time for I was part-time through 2019 yeah. and I I remember having conversations with you and Brad in I, 2018, I guess. I was still doing lessons and and gigging and doing a lot of these things, you know, doing church uh church gigs out of town, but then also like, you know, I would play in cover bands and do like bars and I can remember this one gig that I did one time that was downtown at this place and I don't think we started the set until like 2 a.m. or something oh, like that. Oh, oh my goodness. And and uh for some reason I I had committed to like do you know do this set with this band and then i had to drive to atlanta that morning and play at daniel's church for some reason i don't know i i just overcommitted and i just remember that that was not the reason that i wanted to go into ministry <laughs> but i do but i do remember thinking like but, but let's be real <laughs> i do i do remember thinking like this is just not for me anymore but by this time we had i'm kind of fast forwarding we can get uh, to the family stuff in a minute, just like mm-hmm. when I got married and kids and, and all of that stuff. But, uh, but I remember that kind of starting these conversations in my mind, like maybe I, maybe I don't want to try to pursue like music as like this full-time thing anymore. And so that's really when we started having conversations, I was just sharing with you, um, you know, what it would maybe look like to come on full-time as a pastor and, and just kind of having those, those discussions with you guys. And then I uh, came on full-time in 2019. So, yeah. Well, and what had been awesome, I think, from our side is, uh, I, I mean, Brad can add to this if he wants to, but I know for me, like from the time you started until we began having those discussions about you coming on full time, just to see the growth in you, um, sure. not as a music, I mean, you always you were always a phenomenal musician, but just a, a growth of your your pastor's heart, yeah. and because uh, I think that you would have said even when you started. You know that uh, it, it, you weren't after full time ministry. You still 
yeah. looking at gigging and, and all yeah. that kind of thing. And I think that I would have said, yeah, I don't know that John Mark's really a, a pastor, but just watching mm-hmm. that shift and that change over those years and you grow and, and I think what was so cool was you coming to recognize that in yourself kind of simultaneously as yeah. we were seeing it. Sure. And then us all kind of sharing in, in the communication of that roughly at the same time. It was just, it was a really cool journey yeah. to, to watch. And I'm just, I'm ever grateful to the Lord that uh, he's brought the three of us together uh, just as mm. friends and, and yeah. pastors. And obviously the staff is bigger than us. Right. Um, and I'm thankful for everybody that is on the staff. Yeah. But the fact that the three of us are getting to work together full time, but yet we've been together, you know, since, I mean, Brad came in the fall of 2012 and then JM the fall of the next year. So, I mean, yeah. the three of us for seven years have mm. been together, which is a little crazy. Yeah. Um, but I, that's, I, it's just, it's just the grace of the Lord, um, really on, on letting us get to do that and do it here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm continually amazed how the Lord preserves shades in spite of us. <laughs> <laughs> and, Preach. And thinking about, uh, four streams, it shades, you know, we talk about that a lot. We talk about our diversity in worship yeah. And how even with us in that in this room, there are sort of different streams represented. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, this is definitely oversimplified, but sure. I mean, Jonathan and I don't come from a charismatic stream mm-hmm. and haven't, you know, uh, drank from those wells deeply, but you have. Mm-hmm. And uh, I resonate in so many ways with a liturgical stream and Jonathan resonates with the, uh, the evangelical stream. And, mm-hmm. and I think we all see the benefit of the different streams and we all swim in them comfortably in some ways and in other ways they make us uncomfortable but just seeing how uh, our different backgrounds and emphasis coming has allowed the four streams to stay up front Mm. because I might be like gosh John Mark is just so charismatic if you just (laughs) calm down a little bit and we can get a little bit more in this stream or Jonathan this direction and we can come back to it. But it's just amazing to me how our differences continue. That. And the, I mean, that's totally the Lord, right? right. I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, and just talking about his sustaining shades in spite of us, I, I very <laughs> much remember there being a moment uh, pretty early on where I looked around and like, I was the old one of us. Sure. And I was like 29. Like and I look at I look around and the scary. Pastor, we're, yeah, we're all here and I'm like, guys, we're all in our twenties and <laughs> and we're supposed to be leading this thing. <laughs> what are they thinking? Uh, now we're all. I mean, obviously we've been together a while, so I'm approaching forty, which means I'm going to be a real adult eventually. Right. Exactly. Um, and we're all in our thirties. We're not yeah. super young anymore. We're still young, but not yep. super young. I have yet, a so. puppy now, so. <laughs> but but I mean that. That's just more evidence of, of God's grace and sustaining shades in spite of us in the midst of our youth and immaturity, and which, if you listen to this podcast, you know, still is <laughs> around. It's true. Still um, here. Yeah. But, but yeah. Okay. Before, yeah. I think we have maybe two more questions, or at least okay. I have two more questions. I don't know if Jonathan has one. But before we do that, I do want to do a speed round. I know <laughs> it's late in the episode, but I... I had to go online and find these questions okay. to get new questions Let's do it. because you've done a speed round before. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's do it. Are we good with this? Yeah. Yes. I'm right. so good with this it. I'll try to later. answer. I'll try to answer as quickly as yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That was so that was roll. a drum roll on the mic. A little mic. speed round. For those of you who don't know, we ask questions. The interviewee has to answer them. Oh my! Sorry, gosh. my mic <laughs> just fell off. Oh Sorry. Gosh. Within a few, <laughs> within a few seconds. 
back to that immaturity thing. All right, JM, are you ready? Let's do it. I'm as ready as I'll ever be. All right. Are you more of a morning person or a night person? I'm a night person. How one hundred percent. If it were if if I was left to my own devices. <laughs> yeah, no children. In if other I words. had no children, yeah, yeah. let's say Ashley's out of town. Yeah. Dude, just two or two or three AM. Like it, it just does not matter. What time would you wake up? <laughs> Hey, just whenever two, I feel two, like two or three p.m. <laughs> in, t- in time to get brunch. Okay, right. if you could visit any place in the world, where would you go and why? Ooh, speed round, JM. All right. Well, so since it's speed round, the first thing that came into my, into my mind was Italy. I, I would love to go to Italy. You know, once all this coronavirus <laughs> stuff is over. Okay, all right. Fair enough. Is there anything you change about yourself? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, of course. <laughs> what wouldn't I change? Anything, <laughs> anything extremely vulnerable you'd like to share in the speed round? What could I change about myself? Um, I feel like I'm going. I feel like at some point I'm going to lose my hair. Like it's um, starting to thin in the back a little bit, and so that's a big thing for me. Has always been like I love that I've had long hair. Yeah. So yeah, if yeah. I could change one thing, it would just be the ability to just have hair like a twenty-year-old just through for the rest of my life. Yeah. Dude, things did just get that really, <laughs> really seriously vulnerable up in here. Hey, I I can be vulnerable. All right. Uh, okay. I can what, be in touch. Yeah, that was great. Well, thank thank you. you for that. Yeah. What do you do to wake yourself up in the morning? Oh man. Since you're an evening. Uh, coffee, 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 coffee. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever done anything like extreme skydiving? No. Not not like I mean <laughs> Brad was mid sneeze. He made a face. I'm sorry. He made a face sorry. like I thought he said the wrong thing the way that he looked. He was like, Oh, why did I sorry. say that? It extreme skydiving. It, it looked painful. I have not done okay. extreme skydiving. I read that wrong. Have you ever done anything extreme like skydiving? <laughs> So it could be something else. Bungee jumping. I've always been scared. I, I'm a scaredy cat sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Um. What's your favorite candy bar? Oh, candy bar. Oh, gosh, so many good candy bars out there. Oh, you got a big one. Um. Today, let's say Butterfingers. Okay. Chocolate peanut bar, butter right? combo. That speaks yeah. my love language. I don't. I don't chocolate know. peanut butter combo. What? Like oh oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah 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 like like yeah. any candy bar that's like, a what chocolate you, what, peanut what butter that? combo. What's a combo? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, sorry. All right. Who is your who is your favorite TV show character? Uh, Michael Scott. Yeah. What's your astrological sign? Oh, gosh. Oh. Uh, let's see. July. Let me think about this. It, Hold on. Do, I, do you have it? Do you have no, July in front of you? I don't even know what mine is. Everybody I, should I be encouraged. Should we none look, of us should know. We look this up. I think mine was a is a Libra a thing? Is it Cancer? No, 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 no. That is a thing. Cancer is a thing too. But is it Libra? Okay. Well, I don't Probably. know. We gotta right, go on. Let's okay. Move on. If you had to pick an animated character to portray you in a documentary about your life, who would who would it be? Wait. Say that again. If like, you had to pick an animated character to portray you in a documentary about your life, who would it be? I know who I would pick for him. An animated character. Pick an animated character. So it character. has to be like a cartoon that I'm then is going to portray me as a, in a movie in my life. An animated character. Yep. Uh, sometimes he's animated. Sometimes he's not. And it would be Animal from the Muppets. Uh, there's there there that's is that's a great there pick. Is, that's better is, than mine. There is a real animal that is in the movies and the shows and things like that. But there is some animated stuff where where he shows up, and so we could animate him and he could do that. Yeah, that's that's a great pick. 
God, what were you going to say? I was going to say Mufasa. Oh. I always say that John Mark looks like a lion, so. Uh, Mufasa would be good. Okay. If there's a big puddle on the road, do you go around it or drive through it to see a big splash? Man, if it's really huge and it's raining, I'm I'm going around it because I'm trying to avoid getting in a car accident. I know? always I always go through it. It depends. It depends on what the situation is. It it's is fun so to cool. go through. It is fun to go through <laughs> mud puddles. Listen, you yeah. can't you can't pin John Mark down. Everybody would think he would drive through it. No. Well, here's the thing. Growing yeah. up, growing up, my brothers did mud riding like they had oh. Toyota Toyota pickups. Did you ever which, do that? That's which kind I of had a, I had a Toyota pickup. Uh, as well, I had a Toyota Tacoma when I was 16, so I used to love doing that. Yeah, yeah, I used yeah. to love, you know, and then people would get stuck in the mud, and then, then the whole night's ruined because then you're trying to winch out somebody out of the yeah. mud till 3 or 4 a.m. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just bad. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just a few more. Bowling or mini golf? Mini golf. What's something that people think makes them look cool but actually has the opposite effect? <laughs> uh... So many things to think There's through. There's so many things. I I had a couple come to my mind, but I don't think they really make any sense. Well, that's great. <laughs> that's that's the speed round. How about headbands? Sometimes <laughs> people are really rocking and I'm like, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That was a good answer. What was your favorite toy growing up? Um those, those pots. Oh. Those pots that he was playing in the kitchen. Yeah, I did mm. love. I mean, anything musical would would be awesome. But yeah. to just get away from like a typical answer, I used to love Batman action figures, and oh, I had a yeah. ton of different Batman oh, action, action figures, figures when I was because they had they made so many different yeah, kinds. Yeah, yeah, dude, I had a it friend. Just keeps going. I would always go to his house to play with those Batman action figures. So much Legos were awesome too. Yeah. wasn't allowed to have them in my house. New Batman movie coming out. Yeah, I'm Robert Pattinson. Very mm-hmm. excited Could about be that. Should be great. Okay, two movie questions to end. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're going to try to trap me. You're going to try to trick me. I was going to ask you your favorite movie, and I was like, I'm just not going to do that to him. Okay. Which movie sequel do you wish you could erase from history? (laughs) Man, uh, yeah, there are a lot of bad movie sequels. I I never actually saw it, but... um, I know That's that how it, bad it was. I know that it got bad reviews, and I was not interested in seeing it, and it was that second Dumb and Dumber movie they made. Uh, Dude, it was so funny. That's the thought that came to my mind. Because they, obviously, Dumb, Dumb and Dumber, Dumber, Jim Carrey. Or whatever yeah, it and it's not, they're not even in no, it. They're it's not, not Jim Carrey it. and like Jeff Daniels. Them. It's like something else, yeah. and just, no, don't, why? Why would <laughs> yeah. you do that? I know. Was, just why? <laughs> okay, and then lastly, what movie title best describes your life? Uh, like it has to be a movie title already. Yes, a movie title already that best describes your life. Almost famous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great! Which is a great movie. That's just a great movie about a band from the seventies, and it's really about Cameron Crowe made that movie because it's kind of based on him a little bit. He was a teenager. He was like a. Try, he faked himself into working for a for a magazine that covered bands. So then he went out on the road with a band. I mean, um, it's a great movie. Man, you answer that a little too quick, though. I think we <laughs> we might need to dig a little deeper into that. I don't I don't know if anyone can tell that John Mark is is just kind of a lover of film. I do. Oh yes. Do. If you don't know, now you know. Yeah. All well, right. That's ca- all I got for the speed round. Well, to kind of uh, finish this up. Um, Let's let's definitely end by talking about your family. 
Yes. Um, so tell us first just a little bit uh, about like how you and Ashley met. Yeah, so uh, the church that I was at before Shades, obviously being in the band, Ashley and I crossed paths. She, uh, which I didn't know all this until later, but she moved from uh, South Alabama Enterprise. She went to Troy University. We should have her on the show, and she can tell her story and uh, her, her side of things of meeting me because this is going to be much different than, than my story. Uh, but, yeah, she moved from Troy up to Birmingham and uh, found the church that I was at, actually. And since she sang, she immediately got involved with choir and and uh, singing and leading worship there. And so our paths just naturally crossed. And she, start, uh, she became friends with some people that I knew that I was friends with. So we started hanging out. Now, now truth, who caught whose eye? Who, who was interested <laughs> first? Uh, yeah. I mean, I definitely think that I noticed her first for sure. Like I, she, I mean, she would have seen me play drums, right? But, but uh, she probably wouldn't have thought... Like I'm gonna marry that dude. That, one that's day. that's the one. Actually, she probably never would have thought that. I don't think she ever did. Um, <laughs> took some convincing. That's, for sure. that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Um, so, how'd you ask her out for the first time? Well, we were we would hang out in groups a lot, actually, and sometimes after church. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll tell the story, and then if she, whenever she's on the show, she can retell it again. Because don't, it's don't worry, my wife does the exact same thing. We have two different versions of, of like how we met, first date, all that. I remember, I remember asking her. We we were like Facebooking a lot. Okay, mm. uh, that was like our kind of social. We didn't meet over Facebook, but we would communicate yeah. a lot. Messages, Facebook. Facebook messages. messages. Yeah, yeah. And then I ended up casually asking for her phone number. I don't know how it came up, but I, yeah. I just sort of slid it slid in the conversation in like, hey, well, you know, uh, if you just give me your phone number, we can talk about it later or something like that. I don't Kids. know what yeah, I said. Yeah, yeah, very smooth. I think we have the messages somewhere. Kids, uh, oh, that'd be great. Yeah. I was just going to say, kids, asking for the phone number, that's the old school way of sliding into the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and so I would call her sometimes late at night, not like in a weird, not like in a weird way, but because I was up late at night, like yes. I said earlier, I right stay up night late. person. And, uh, I, you know, and she would tell you this, she'd be like, man, this drummer from Highlands just like, he will not leave me alone. He just keeps calling me and wanting to talk, just wants to talk about stuff. I don't know. This is kind of weird. And so those conversations, uh, eventually led to us hanging out. And I remember, um, I invited her down to Harpersville one time. Uh, I was still uh, living with my parents. And so um, she came over. We watched a couple episodes of The Office. And the thing is, before she came over, when we were talking on Facebook, she was like, we we were kind of like, we we had like flirtatious conversations, right? Sure. And so she said something to the effect of, uh, now listen, I'm going to come over to your house, but... If you try to kiss me or anything like that, <laughs> I'm gonna leave. All right, I'm just j- just giving you a heads up, right? Just now. to be, she's kind of like laying down the law a little well, bit. Well, I like, just can't. We're ima- just hanging out. I can't okay? imagine Ashley being so forward. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, that sounds good. That's fine. Uh, that totally makes sense. I just want to hang out. I think it'd be fun to talk and just chill and watch some episodes of The Office. She had never seen The Office before, so. So we watched a couple episodes of The Office, and uh, she kissed me. (laughs) All right? (laughs) 
And then and, and, and you then, stopped her, right? She kissed me. And then I was like, So are you gonna leave now? Or <laughs> But we had we had, you know, it wasn't just like this random thing. We had hung out a bunch right, up right, to this right. point. We had went out, you know, we had went on like some group type yeah. dates and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so how long yeah. did y'all end up dating before you got engaged? It was not very long. And we, she would argue with the timeline, but I'm telling you right now, <laughs> the timeline was about seven months of dating. Are we getting into sevens again? I just can't do it anymore. Hey, revelation, okay? Something about seven. Um, we dated for seven months and then uh, got engaged, and we were engaged for six months. Now, she always wants to say that those are flipped, that we dated for six months and then we were engaged. For, it's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> Just telling you. I went out, and I bought a ring pretty early, and uh, was like ready to propose, and it just, it just felt right. Didn't you write all the music for your wedding? Okay, so not all of it. I I wrote some music that was the there was like a pre-service playlist that was not mine. It was like Sigur Rós, some like really pretty yeah, yeah, yeah. some really pretty songs. The music that everybody walked down to that I did write that, yes. And and just recorded it and played it. Well, I didn't play it, but the the recorded version played while we walked down the aisle. First yeah. class. That's me. I can't believe you remembered that. Oh, that's oh, really yeah. sweet, Brad. So what year? <laughs> so that was that was 2009. We got married November 6, 2009. 2009. Wow. Yeah. So coming up on 11 years. This this November is 11 years. Yep. That's awesome. And uh, to close up, we'll ask about your right. kids. How right. many kiddos you got? We have two kids. Moses is five, and Zion is two. And um, they are awesome. And that, I mean, that's like a whole other podcast in itself. Yeah, we can probably, <laughs> I mean, seriously, like we can probably do a full episode. Just uh, we could probably have in another guest and talk through uh, adoption. I, I, yes. I mean, I just dropped that. No, yeah, that that's what yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. We did uh, domestic adoptions. So uh, Moses was born in 2015. Uh, up to that point, we we uh, started the adoption process with Lifeline about two two years before that. Um, it would have been like the winter of the, it would have been like January of 2013. We basically started this adoption process through Lifeline uh, to adopt domestically, and so uh, all of that came to fruition in 2015. And that that story, Dev Ashley should should definitely be here and and share that story because yeah. that is a that's a fun story mm. to do. So we need to we need to do that sometime soon. Yeah, yeah. One of the most beautiful pictures I think I've ever seen oh, is yeah. is that picture of of Ashley, yeah, uh, meeting getting to hold Moses for the first time. Yeah, it's just, like mm-hmm. I just I don't know something. Like, there's very few pictures that capture pure joy yeah Yeah. like that like it's just it's a beautiful picture yeah that's Mm. definitely one of my favorite ones and that that was actually a cool thing coming to shades too there were so many other couples that were either had adopted before in the past or that were also in the process of adoption so that was a total god thing to be able to make those connections because i think sometimes 
adoption can be it can be a lonely journey mm-hmm. when you don't have others around you that are going through that because it is such a unique journey to go through sure. and so when we first started coming to shades and making those connections immediately like that that was such a god thing that those relationships were placed in our life at that time and um you know with Josh and Meg and you know their mm-hmm. adoption and getting to uh, to see their adoption happen before ours is such a it's just so beautiful the way that that all of that happened and so that that was kind of just another really cool thing about about being at Shades for yeah. sure. I was gonna say if we're gonna do an, a podcast on adoption, we're gonna need a bigger table and we're right, gonna need a right. lot more mics, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a lot of families. Yes. But it would be great. Yeah. Uh, and so and then in twenty, so then we we uh, went through the adoption process again, which once again that's another great story as well with Zion, and he was born in twenty eighteen, and that process was super quick. We basically met with this new agency, kind of went through the interview process. It's called a home study, and you get approved. We hadn't even gotten our official approval documents in the mail yet. They, they tell you you're approved, but then they're like, wait on these documents. And then there was some other things that we were going to do from an educational standpoint. And then they called us, and then they just said, hey, this, this, uh, you know, this mother just gave birth in Montgomery, and... She chose you guys, so get ready because you're gonna cut. You're gonna meet the baby in three days. Congratulations! And we were like, "What? Uh, what? We wow. just met with you like three months ago, and you told us that it could take two years, and so and that was our experience before." Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, man, just crazy how God works, dude. It's, mm-hmm. it's wild. Well, Jamar, it it's just been a joy. I know just for both of us to not only get to journey alongside you in your vocational journey and and coming into being a pastor here at shades but also to get to see like that part of your familial journey as well yeah just through the adoption process and and your boys man they're just they're both just awesome so unique so distinct um (laughs) and uh and just yeah yeah i look forward to just continuing to get to see both of them uh grow and yeah, it's awesome. I was in here just the other day. Moses was up here with oh, you yeah. the other day. Yeah. And he cracks me up every time. He was showing me his Michael Jordan watch. Yeah, he had a Michael Jordan watch. He just They both just got fresh haircuts. And so oh, yeah. we did a fresh fade for Moses and kind of shaped it up on the sides. And he wanted uh, racing stripes, so they did some racing <laughs> stripes on one side of his face. He loves cars, right? He loves cars. Zion is really into Lightning McQueen right now. And uh, and then now with Moses, he he loves uh, Patrick Mahomes, the oh, chief, yeah. the Chiefs quarterback, yes. and so and Patrick Mahomes is biracial as well, and so uh, every time Patrick Mahomes comes on TV, he's like, oh, that's 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 Patrick Mahomes. We look like each other. It's just like <laughs> it's so awesome. He just loves that dude. So he he has like the Mahomes haircut right now, aside from like the blonde. I think Mahomes sometimes does like these blonde tips or something right, like that, right, whatever right. he does, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah, man, oh. it's a fun it's a fun time in our household. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, Vacation is going to be awesome next week. Yes, we're going to be we're going to the beach, and so we're going to have the soothing sounds of the ocean, the beautiful white sand. Zion dropping his peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> into the sand, and then picking it up and eating it. Oh, and now yes. he's got sand all in his mouth. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> A calm, relaxing vacation. No, we're really excited. It's gonna be great. Oh, yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, man, it's been a blast uh, just to get to interview you. Yeah, 
Um, it really has. Mm-hmm. And we could totally do a whole other episode. Oh, yeah. Just to really get to know even more of the oh, man. Wow. Like, oh, John Mark. Left wow. so much out. Wow. Left so much out. But you're, you're too kind. Well, we hope that everybody's enjoyed this as much as we have. And Brad, you want to sign us off? I'll sign us off. Thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Shades Midweek. Oh, oh good Lord. <laughs> There's Darth Vader again. <laughs>